This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning, you're listening to Pressing Matters, the show where we go beyond the headlines and explore issues driving the press. I'm Philip C. In today's show, I speak to Hadi Asmi, correspondent at the South China Morning Post, to get his perspective on the recent graft charges against former Prime Minister Tan Sri Muhyiddin Yassin as we get a sense of the situation on the ground at the courts and also the political implication of these charges. Good morning to you, Hadi. How are you keeping? Hi, morning. Uh, all good, yeah. You must be following this news with great intensity because the charges came relatively fast and furious. We had the weekend to digest it last Friday where Tansri Muhyiddin was charged for the abuse of power and money laundering over projects launched over his tenure. Were you surprised, though, at the pace and scope of MACC's investigations? Yeah, um, we actually first publicly hear about this Janami Wawa affair in December. Uh, when the PM went public about how, you know, uh, the finance ministry discovered all this uh, breach in procedure. Uh, so fast forward to today, we already have uh, at least three people relating to Bersatu being charged in court. So yeah, that's quite fast actually. It's quite fast, right? I mean, leading up to this, there was already a lot of rumours that he was already being called in to MACC for investigations. But did you expect him to actually move into the form where it became a form of criminal charge then? Uh, well, in, in in news, it's best to expect everything. <laughs> so uh, the fact that he's been well, we 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 we're gonna look at Najib Razak a lot uh, when talking about this because yes. that's that's really that's our point of reference when talking about corruption cases involving the person who has been at the top of the mission government. So uh, I think uh, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Sorry, um, the pace was quite fast, right? And I think yeah. <laughs> see what you were saying just now, uh, we are yes, of course naturally going to contrast, uh, you know, this case perhaps with the one MDB court case that involved the three Najib Razak. Perhaps could you, you know, give us some context? How serious are these charges, you know, relative to the one MDB case that involves the three Najib Razak? Because in that one, also many people are also being implicated, but it's also stretched out and much longer, isn't it? Yeah, uh, the the difference I think in this case compared to to the one and cases is that um, you know it's it's not the kind of case that that you know involve the country to be indebted uh, in billions of dollars. Um, mm. It's it is a, uh, what what it is is actually a very simple uh, corruption charges. Basically, there's you know one guy giving money to to one guy, and uh, that's all it is. Uh, but whatever it is, uh, I, I think that any corruption case that involves uh, people at the very top of the government should be seen as uh, something serious. I think we have been desensitized by the uh, mind-boggling figures and the convoluting money trail in the one MDB scandal that we feel that you know um, a few millions here and there is small, but you know that is something that we need to check ourselves. I think that's such an interesting point, right? In terms of the, you know, one MDB case, you know, setting a precedent, and because of the huge amounts that it has uh, been accused of for money laundering, for I think stealing for company coffers, all this feels, you know, small in comparison. That's also one of the biggest concerns, right? As a media, when you do this coverage, are you thinking about the relative coverage of this versus, you know, these huge mega cases prior to that? Uh, well, of course, uh, we we compare everything. Everything is in comparison to to the one NDB case. Uh, uh, but you know, we 
we unfortunately we don't we don't gauge it uh, compared to you know the amount of of, of the money that is being involved in, in these cases. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the fact that it involves uh, the who, the person who was prime minister is is uh, the driving force behind the story. Yeah, and give us a sense now, right? Because when he came to, because since then we've had the Bersatu Convention, we've had, uh, you know, him going to court. Uh, what was the scene of the on the ground at the court hearings, right? Did you anticipate that larger crowd? Um, the crowd on Friday was actually very small compared to what what we saw with the uh, when Najib was first charged in July twenty eighteen. Because when Najib was charged in July 2018, it was the textbook example of uh, chaos. They were like party supporters in the courthouse lobby, even even outside the court, the actual courtroom where Najib was in, there was uh, people chanting, uh, you know, um, doing a, a small rally over there. So uh, this time around uh, with Muhyiddin, I think it was uh, about 50 odd people outside the court gate. They were, you know, doing their rally out there. It was pretty, uh, pretty... Muted. Muted, yeah. 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 Yeah, so muted affair, but I saw many placards. What kind of messages were, were protesters on the court saying? What kind of, when you, because there were also many Brasato leaders and even past leaders on the ground, I think, to yeah. show solidarity and support, right, to uh, then Prime Minister Tansri Muhyiddin Yassin. What were the key narratives being said and spoken, you know, as he went into the courts? Well, um, a lot of the the messages from from the from the supporters is basically saying that this is a political persecution, saying uh, sandiwara politik, uh, kerajaan gagal, you know, uh, we are behind Abah and all that. So that was basically the the, the kind of uh, the messaging that 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 was uh, being spread around. And in of course, uh, in his press conference also, Tasim Muhyiddin said that you know, all this is. Um, you know, this is a price he had to pay for sticking up to his principles and all that, and calling this a uh, political, uh, politically motivated. Yeah, we're going to discuss the political implications of that in the second half of the show. I, I want to get a sense from you now, right? From when you look at this coverage, this is going to be a very long drawn affair, isn't it? Or is this going to be short and sharp? What's your expectation when you see the level and the size of the criminal charges uh, laid against him? The process mm. will be long and arduous, isn't it? Uh, I think I think it's is again we're gonna go uh, look back at, at what what uh, transpired in, in the Najib Razak uh, first uh, case the SRC international case because similar to this one that one involves uh, local transactions uh, it's all within our Malaysian jurisdiction um, and that one he was charged in 2018 we uh, get a verdict two years later in 2020. And then it went to Court of Appeal for one year, and then it went to uh, the Federal Court for one year. So yeah, it's uh, it's probably gonna gonna drag on until until you know months be- before G sixteen, if uh, that's that's not something that's uh, improbable. And, and and as a foreign correspondent <clears throat> in terms of covering Malaysia and your your viewers, right? How how can you give us a gauge of the level of interest this story is? Uh, you know, outside. Uh, Malaysia? Because I presume in Malaysia, of course, it draws quite a lot of attention because it's a former prime minister. But globally mm. outside, uh, in, in your part of your readership in SCNP, how important is this story, actually? What does it say or what does it send a signal to? Uh, in, the, in the international uh, news, um, this case is not quite on par with, with uh, what we see in 1MDB. Uh, of course, the 
the everything happens in the country. We also, you know, we also heard about this case just months, a few months ago uh, in mm. December. Whereas the one MDB case was like long drawn. We've heard about it years, years before. And also, you know, one MDB had you know interesting key figures like mm. Yolo and all that. Yeah. Um, whereas this one is just uh, prime minister, and we don't know who else had. Um, so, yes, um, for SMP. Our audience is basically um, Malaysian diaspora as well as you know our diaspora from our neighboring countries who are now abroad uh, around the world. So uh, they do want to keep tab on what is happening in in Malaysia, uh, what is happening in the region. So uh, there's always a lot of interest with uh, what's happening in Malaysia, especially since uh, there's a lot of uh, corruption cases involving like really high-ranking people these days. Uh, so. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, there's a lot of interest in, in this. Uh, well, yeah, comparatively. Correct, and you draw a very interesting contrast, right? Because with one MDB, <clears throat> it involved international actors so much so, right? Because this was a yep. very global deal that had huge implications. So naturally, it drew a lot of interest in terms of the the depth and scope and the breadth of this case. Here, <laughs> yeah. feels like an isolated uh, local case. Uh, where money is basically moving within the local ecosystem per se. So the issue here really is not about the scale of the case, but basically the individual involved, which was that he was a former prime minister. Yeah. Uh, uh, in fact, I was I was speaking to BBC yesterday, and then uh, their concern is more on how you know uh, um, when we're talking about the case, the concern is about how a government uh, abuse stimulus uh, packages during the pandemic. So it was. They, they see it more as a as a governance sort of a uh, uh, issue instead of you know like a political drama as as we seeing it here. Yeah, I'm so going to have. Yeah, that's a very interesting point because we're going to have a conversation about how this affects Malaysia's reputation after the break. We're heading into some mm. messages and we come back, we continue our discussions with Hadi Amzi from the South China Morning Post. Stay tuned, BFM eighty nine point nine. Thanks for staying tuned to Pressing Matters on the Morning Run. Today, we on this show, we speak to Hadi Asmi, correspondent on, on the South China Morning Post, on the recent graft charges against former Prime Minister Tan Sri Muhyiddin Yassin. Now, Hadi, earlier on, we were contrasting, you know, this case versus the previous one MDB case. But I think the bigger challenge that we have is that now in this country, we've had two Prime Ministers being charged, right, in a relatively short space of time. And so there's so much concern about the global reputation of Malaysia you know how do how do international readers look at this right when they see a second prime minister charge? Is this a case about us really having structurally very bad governance, or is this a case that okay now the purging and cleansing has begun? Yeah, it goes both ways, isn't it? Uh, it we didn't second to be charged in less than a decade. Um, I mean, to have two people capable of being accused of corruption in that short uh, span of time, being prime minister is definitely a concern. Um, but yeah, um, the fact that they are being charged uh, says something about our anti-corruption authorities. Uh, and also the, uh, the, the previous person that was charged uh, with corruption is now in jail. So I guess it, we'll have to wait and see whether, you know, what, what sort of... Um, impact does this have? Of course, uh, we we had our corruption perception index uh, uh, recently was was yeah. uh, it went it went down a few notches, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so we it'd be interesting to see whether any of this has any impact on, on that uh, for for this year. And I want to just get your perspective, right? Because you, you cover you co- you're from the international press. You look at it. 
Do you see a big contrast between how local media covers it versus how international media covers it? Because just now you were saying for the likes of BBC, you were thinking about it as a global story about the governance of how people managed pandemic-related funds. That doesn't yeah. seem to resonate so much in the local press. It, it, it has a more political element that's driving uh, the conversations here in the local media. Where do you see the distinctions between local and global media coverage mm. on this case? Yeah, I think for 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 the global media, uh, there's always that distance between the actors and 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 you know because um, the international audience uh, don't know the players as 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 much as the locals uh, media know. So we look at it from from the grand scheme of things of like how does this affect the country, etc. Uh, etc. Et uh, whereas like for for local uh, audience you want to more report on yeah on on the actual persons involved uh on the politics of it uh so i think that's the the biggest uh difference between how foreign news agency and local news agency will report on the case and hence why you don't hear the narrative so much in global media about <clears throat> um, selective persecution because that sometimes comes, comes across as a bit of a political message. We are seeing here that, you know, Tanshim Muhyiddin Yassin, even over the weekend at Brasatu, saying, look, this is the message of selective persecution. I have been selectively persecuted. Even at the Brasatu conference, he was saying, look, you know, why, why charge me alone? Why don't you just charge as well Zaid Hamidi and as well Anwar because they all take money from businessmen, right? <laughs> Do you think that message of selective persecution actually will resonate with voters? Um, well, um, let me think. Uh, well, of course, in Malaysia, conspiracy, we, we love our conspiracies. We love our political mm, conspiracies. Yeah. Um, but, but the thing is, uh, the public lauded the judiciary when uh, it sent Najib Razak to, to jail last year. And that judiciary is still very much intact and there's no reason to doubt the independence. Uh, some of the police chief, the SPRN chief and the attorney general uh, has been the same three people from within the administration through Ismail Sabri's and now Anwar. So uh, I think I think uh, the Malaysian voters, uh, you know, well, it's, it's hard to say how Malaysian voters are going to gonna act because Malaysian voters are, are unpredictable. I think we've, we've seen it before, like uh, they handed some handed Johor and Melaka to be uh, handsomely in the state elections uh, only to you know deny them uh, votes in in the general election just a few months later so yes uh, it's hard <laughs> to to say how this would play on voters but you know uh, looking again looking back to Najib Razak uh, he did not get less popular after he was charged in fact you could argue that he got more popular with Bosco yeah Okay, yeah, yeah, and I guess it's a very interesting point, right? When he talks about selective persecution, who is that message to? Since you make the point that the voters are relatively unpredictable, is this a question about hardening the Brasatu base? Because it's a relatively new party, it doesn't perhaps have as strong a foundations as what you may see in Amno or even Pass. So when I, when when he talks about selective persecution, is this a case about him trying to show up his base and trying to solidify and strengthen the? Brasatu Satu, you know, membership base to distinguish yeah. themselves from Amno. Yeah, I think I think Bersatu uh, has always uh, put itself as the the, the contrast of Amno. They say that they are the clean Amno in in, in some ways. Uh, so and over the weekend, also um, you know they have been hammering hard on that. Um, so this court charge definitely you know uh, threw a wrench into their whole messaging. Um, of course. 
there are people who who would you know who true believers of 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 uh Muin would, would dismiss it outright as as political persecution. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, the on the fans voters would you know it's hard to gauge uh, how they how they would react. I guess we only find out after the state elections. And hence why perhaps the challenge is that voters want to deal with bread and butter issues. And the question really here is, you know, I'm going to pass you three options here. What do you think, how do you think this case will affect uh, Prime PMX, Prime Minister Anwar's government, Pakana Harapan? Do you think it improved? Do you think it deteriorated? Or do you think it won't make a difference at all? Do you think voters actually don't really care about this case? Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a big question, isn't it? Uh, I think, but I think, um, you know, uh, PN is more than Bersatu. PAS is, uh, see, PAS is a bigger uh, coalition in the, in the, in the, yeah. in the coalition. And it's, it's hard to, to see whether, because uh, we didn't, uh, in, in, in his party rally, he was saying that, um, you know, he was predicting that, that, uh, Instead of instead of Bersatu, he was predicting that Amno would end with it, Hamidi, uh, and uh, the Chief Wan Faizal is saying that Bersatu has actually, in fact, replaced Amno as a leading Malay party. Uh, but you know, in the lead up to GE15, we see a lot of people predicting, uh, making the mistake of counting out Bersatu and uh, PN as as gone as, and we were all surprised uh, by the result of the election. So I think from whatever side of the argument, I think it's premature to predict you know uh the fit, the fate of any political parties uh or any coalition uh in fact if you look back in 20, in the 2004 election pkr only won one seat matang power uh and that led to Najib razak calling the party pkr party kurang relevant uh, mm. but look at where we are now so uh yeah it's it's uh it's really you know also i'm a reporter i try very hard to Avoid punditry, but <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I, I guess we would see. Yeah, we would. Uh, it would be interesting uh, future to to look at uh, in Malaysian politics. And that's why I think for me, when I listen to you, you will try to perhaps spend even less time on the analysis because the analysis becomes a bit more moot, right? When things are so uncertain, and hence it's more important to look at what's ahead, right? What are the key things that we expect to see happen uh, in the coming political landscape? F- how interested are your readers and listeners to the upcoming six state elections? Do you think that will be very consequential to you know the government? It will be. Uh, I think. I think the, the the readers will be very interested. You know, because uh, we've seen that um, PN made a lot of uh, headways in the general election. They were at the cups of forming a government. They they could have been a government. Uh, um, so we are. I think people are interested to see whether that momentum from from uh, GE fifteen is going to you know continue through uh, into the state elections. Um, and I think a lot of uh, th- I think that would that would I think right now we are in a in a state where people are you know being cautious about the the, <laughs> the mm-hmm. prospect of the of the uh, non Ibrahim government. 
you know, as much as I know I'm saying that you know, this government will last the entire term, people are, you know, being cautious because we've been through the traumatic <laughs> experience of 2020. So we are, you know, nothing is for certain anymore these days. Nothing is for uh, certain, for sure. And I guess the question that I want to ask you is, while we while we try not to analyze what is likely to case, do you expect to see the, the, the ball rolling on other cases? Do you think the cases will stop here at uh, Tan Sri Muhyiddin or do you expect more cases likely to happen? <laughs> Uh, well, uh, just before we started talking, uh, Tan Sri Muhyiddin has been slapped with uh, yet another charge. So there's seven now. And last night, um, SPRM said that they are on a manhunt for another guy who they call who is they, they call as the 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 key figure, uh, the mastermind of the whole uh, Janami Bawa scandal. So yeah, the ball is in fact uh, rolling right now. So uh, we'll see where it goes. Hadi, thank you very much. And the ball keeps on rolling. That was Hadi Asmi, correspondent on South China Morning Post. This has been Pressing Matters on the Morning Run. Coming up next is the 10 a.m. News Bulletin, followed by Enterprise, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.